I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Elenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And Seth, let's just get straight to it. Uh, Trump has just been released from Walter Reed uh, Medical Center. Uh, as you all out there, of course, know he was diagnosed with uh, COVID-19 about four days ago. And things have gotten progressively funnier uh, since then. Yeah, it's uh, it's hilarious. And it's one of those things where... You know, people were like, oh, yay, he got it. And then it's like, well, you know, he's probably not going to die because of, you know, just incredible health care that he's going to receive. Um, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. It was funny. It was hilarious um, because, like, because he got it. And he has downplayed it for, I mean, at this point, like six months, even a little more than that. And it came back to bite him and everyone in the Republican Party's camp, basically, um, yeah. in the ass. Yeah, it's been very funny to to see the the tweets that he's been doing, and the where he's like, they're like, oh, Donald Trump, don't get it twisted, he's working right now, he's reviewing documents. Yeah, you know all those documents he likes to review. Yeah, even though he has like a fucking fifth grade reading level. They posted a picture of him like hunched over some papers doing something. And someone zoomed in. He's just writing his name on a blank piece of paper. Like he's not doing anything. <laughs> also, I'll say this. He, may, he might not be dead, but he looked ghastly for a bit there. He did. Uh, even, even for a minute, I was going to make something bad might happen to him because he he was not looking good. I mean, not that he ever does, but worse than normal. It's actually surprising. I prefer him with the, the tan, the spray tan, because good God, pale Trump looks like a, a Lovecraft monster. I was just about to say Lovecraft monster. That's what I was going to say. Fuck. He looks like some shit that flopped out of the goddamn ocean, man. That's that's not cool. Get that man's spray tan back on him. Yeah. People bag on him a lot for it, but he needs it. Yeah, hey, it. I still think it's dumb, but I, I justify the purchase now, Trump. That was it. It definitely uh, looks better than what you're packing behind it. Yeah, it's a, so yeah. It's been very funny. Everyone's got everyone's got COVID now in the Trump White House. That's been each person got announced has been funnier than the last one. Like Chris Christie has it, and that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Chris Christie got it for like the fourth time. <laughs> pretty sure he's just perpetually had it. You're actually thinking of uh, of the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, who's had it four times, and each time has gotten a new and interesting mutant power from it. Oh, wow. I believe, I believe now he can shoot lasers from his eyes. Wow, we should I'm watch out sure. for that guy. <laughs> um, but Chris Christie, guys, listen, if there is some sort of divine being out there, I don't know who it is, God or Allah or whoever, he's so fat, he can, please, this has to be, there has to get, let's get one. We got Herman Cain. Can we get Chris Christie too? Yeah, 
It's like I would get, I would, I would resurrect Herman Cain if we get Chris Christie. Like, let's get somebody out of there. Well, don't worry, Seth. Because have you seen, have you seen uh, Herman Cain's uh, Twitter account? No. What? Why? Oh, what I? The the Cain Gang actually is his Twitter account now. Uh, he tweets from beyond the grave, and you know what he says? Coronavirus, no big deal. Wow. It, it, it only <laughs> killed me. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he also probably loves, like, guns and bullets, and those kill people. So I guess maybe he thinks that, you know, that's not a big deal either. I don't know. I was going to say you can't, you can't accidentally get killed by a bullet, but you can. I think a better, yeah. a better thing is a bullet cannot hit you and then five days later jump out of your body into your friend. Now, that's a new idea for a good bullet. That's true. If anybody out there is a bullet maker, we just thought we just thought of a winner for you. Yeah, it's the 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 the, the hiding bullet. Yeah, the hidden bullet. It has to it has to be unnoticeable on penetration, and it has to be able to take out multiple targets once it once it escapes. Have you ever thought of making a bullet has a bomb in it? Now hear me out. It hits you and then it blows up. That talent's kind of like an RPG, but it, it's small. Oh, very small. Like, tiny, yeah. but with the same amount of explosion. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm sure somebody's worked on that. Probably. So, yeah, uh, Trump being uh, sick with COVID has produced a lot of funny uh, shit, but it's also produced a lot of disgusting shit, and I'm referring specifically to the liberals, who have wished Trump uh, a speedy recovery uh, and good health, yeah. hoping that he is going to take it seriously now. I can't believe how disgusting these people are. Like, I know normally it's supposed to be like, oh, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to wish them well. I don't give a fuck. This man has done nothing for me, and he's done nothing for you. You're his enemy. Yeah. I mean, completely spineless. I mean, obviously, I know, I mean, I know Joe Biden can't just go out into <laughs> an interview and say, yeah, I hope it gets him. But he doesn't have to say what he said, you know? Yeah. Even Bernie was saying it, man. It's like, come on. Can we just have one person who'd yeah. be like, yeah, be funny if Trump died yeah. from COVID. People are like, we need bipartisanship. And first of all, here's the thing. People are like, oh, well, he, if he dies, it'll, it'll be, uh, there'll be an asterisk on this election. Like, it won't actually count. And I'm like, do you honestly think that the people who are going to vote for Trump won't just vote for Mike Pence since he will now be the, the, the candidate? Like, yeah. his death would not change the election. Like, if, 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 it doesn't matter if, if Trump's going to win or Joe Biden's going to win, it's already been decided. We just don't know the results yet, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, that, him dying, none of that, it would not give Biden a leg up. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't honestly hurt him either. It would, the election's going to be the same, okay? Like, the only thing I think could, that could make the election change is if, like, Kamala Harris died. Then I think yeah. B- Biden would win out of, like, people just being like, oh, whatever. But... Trump dying would not change it. People would just vote for Pence. I think that Donald Trump dying would be bad for Joe Biden because his entire fucking campaign is, I'm not Donald Trump. Yeah. And how fast can... I mean, sure, just start saying I'm not Mike Pence, but like... But, I mean, are you not Mike Pence? (laughs) Put him in a room. Has anyone seen a room together? I have not. Um... So yeah, and the people are like, oh, Trump's just doing this, so there's no more debates. And I'm like, why would he not want to debate? What do you mean? Trump rolled Joe Biden in the first debate, and he would continue to do it. They even announced today that he he wants to debate on October 15th. Yeah, it's like, what what do you mean? Of course. He 
he would never want to get out of that. It's too good for him. Yeah, he completely rolls over um, Biden because because like like with this whole diagnosis. And let me tell you this. Let me say this. If it was the Democratic Party that had gotten infested with COVID nineteen, it would be these weak fucking Democrats can't do shit. They can't. Their immune systems can't even fucking help them. You can't vote for them. They're not worth it. And then, not that I'm defending Democrats either. I think they're both terrible. But it's like, just imagine the shoe was on the other foot. How Trump, I mean, mm-hmm. now, of course, Trump wouldn't say, oh, I hope Joe Biden dies. But he would not be nice about it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And once again, I, what, love it or hate it, that is how Trump wins. Yeah. It's so funny to me, too, because, like, Joe Biden, now there's a new Trump ad that is blasting Joe Biden for not having firsthand experience with COVID. <laughs> What, you think Biden's like, can somebody just give it to me real quick? Just somebody. <laughs> bring Kellyanne Conway. Just let me talk to her real quick. Like, please. I guarantee you, so the Trump, if, if Joe Biden got COVID, he would die. He would die, yeah. Like, within a day. And that would be just the Democratic Party wrapped up in a nutshell. That would be a, yeah. just an emblematic of their whole position. I, I'm willing to bet that if Joe Biden got COVID, it would probably kill him and everyone else that works for him. Like, yeah. Just somehow, the scientists are like, we can't figure it out, guys. It has a 1% mortality rate. How did it kill all of them? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> it's just insane, dude. But yeah, and once again, as we pointed out at the very beginning, it doesn't change anything. It's not even, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't make a big of a difference, but it's funny. And, it, and that, it yes. did deliver on being hilarious. I, I have seen uh, liberals saying that um, we can, Trump can't die from COVID. We need to defeat him at the polls. So if we don't beat him electorally, his movement will will martyr him and think that it it's it'll never end. Yeah. And I'm like, do you think it's going to end? Yeah, I saw the dumbest take possible this morning um, on the route, which mm. you know controversial. Um, to criticize sometimes. But the thing is, they had this article that said, if you hope Trump dies of COVID, then you're just as bad as he is. And I gotta say, that is a weak take. Yeah. Because that is, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not saying these guys are the same people, but it is very much like being like, oh, well, if you're happy Hitler died, then you're just as bad as he is. And it's like, I don't know if those two things are equal, you know? Like, a, a person like me or, or any, anybody who's on Twitter talking about how they, you know, they hope Trump dies or whatever, is like, it's a person who's been adversely affected by things he's done, that he's done to a mass amount of people, that he, mm-hmm. he has a lot of control over, whether they voted for him or not. And so, like... Things like that, when, when someone who's in a position of power who you fe- you have strong negative feelings towards, and when you when you do when you wish death on them, or if you if you have that feeling inside of you, especially when they're an objectively bad person, in my opinion, I think it's really weird to be like you can't do that. And then you're just as bad as that person. Yeah. I think it's weird because we don't we don't have any power. We don't like us the proletariat in general. We get so few wins in this world we live in right now, that why are you going to show people for celebrating one funny thing that happened yeah. and hoping that something funnier could happen? Yeah, and then we don't treat death threats equally, apparently, because people, like, Twitter was saying, as a rule, you cannot wish death on Donald Trump. 
And then when people like, you know, uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar and, I mean, even um, like Laura Bailey, who was in Last of Us, like these people, all these people get death threats every fucking day still. Um, it's not against their and, rules. And not even death threats. We're talking about saying, I wish you would die. Not like, I will kill you or I hope someone kills you, but like, I hope you fall on the stairs and break your neck. Like, that's now, like, Twitter is like cracking down on that. Never happened before, though, for them. Yeah. So, it's really weird. And it's like, it's almost like Twitter, pick a fucking side. Because just recently, you know, they were like, oh, we're, we, you know, we're going to start fact checking Donald Trump, like, and like basically being anti Trump. And then once again, like all the fucking all the fucking liberals, as soon as he got a disease and was pitiful in his little bed, they were like, "Oh no, we must protect him at all costs." Now he's a special little snowflake. And I'm like, "Yeah, you guys, you have once again, you have no spine, you have no direction, and you have no stance on anything." You're right. You're right. And it just seems so hypocritical of Twitter to to protect the president and not all these other folks that have faced the same thing. I know because I got myself a nice little Twitter uh, vacation a while back. God, it must have been like four years ago now. We're telling a congressman to drink bleach. And they were just like, oh, yeah, take two weeks off for that. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't say I'm going to force you to drink bleach. I'm telling him voluntarily of his own decision to drink yeah, bleach. Yeah, I'm saying tonight we're having dinner with your family. If you want to pour up one nice glass of, I don't know the chemical compound of bleach. I was going to be specific. But if you want to do that, just, you know, mm-hmm. go for it, man. I didn't say I was going to four-feed it to you, like Drano. No, exactly. Just said, whoa, whoa, calm down. It. That's aggressive. I'm making a suggestion here for the congressman, but yeah. if, you'll, if you'll pardon me. But, yeah. Death threats on the internet, on Twitter, and everywhere adversely affect women and people of color, and they never get any protections from it. Like, you might get small bans here and there, and it's not as far-reaching as it should be. But then when a person who Twitter has basically made an enemy of the platform, even though he does a lot, he does a lot of advertisement for them. Um, when he, as soon as he goes down, they're like, oh, this, this is inappropriate. You can't do that. Yeah. And it made me realize that there's that, we've talked about it before. There's that scene in Mad Men when the, the election is happening. What is it? It's Kennedy and, uh, why am I blanking on the other candidate? Is it Nixon? Yeah, Nixon. And like people who, even people who are for Nixon, if you say something bad about Kennedy, they're like, you can't fucking say that. Like that, that is a, that is a, we are a bipartisan society, you piece of shit. And then I'm like, today if that happens, you know, people like don't care as much. And I'm like, it's, it's like both true and not true because like these days you can like around a a mass amount of people, you can be like, oh yeah, Trump, he's, I hope he dies from COVID. And people will be like, yeah, but then these big corporations still try and take it down. And it's like, it's weird how we still like lick the boot no matter what. I think Twitter knows that Trump is good for business either way. Like, yeah. yes, him, he, he took it to his base. That's a big thing for them. But also pushing back against Trump is also good business because it creates controversy, even more posts, more engagement in the platform. And so they get their, they, they get it coming and going. Yeah. But, and that's why this entire time, um, I didn't ever wish death on Donald Trump because, once again, I don't think it mattered. I think that, you know, it, the, the world is not going to be that much different. I think that the presidential race is not going to change because of this. And once again, I'm, at this, at, there was a time not that long ago when I was like, no matter what, 100% Trump wins. And I'm still pretty much there. But all, all I'm saying is Biden can win, technically, if they literally try at all he can win which doesn't seem what they're still doing um 
But once again, whoever's gonna win in a month, it's not changing. Okay, that has been that has been written in stone, and it, it's not going anywhere. I will say that the only reason to wish death on Donald Trump is specifically for comedy purposes. It will not change the world for the better. Yeah, but it will be very funny to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had something to say. Oh well. Um. But yeah. Also, I so, was talking about this maybe before. Has this ever happened before where, like, someone's vice president that, like, no one cared about just came back and was like, you're our only option now. Well, you gotta, you gotta try and be our president. I, I mean, not in my memory. Not that I can remember from... Yeah, because I know some really. vice presidents have gone on to have success, but it's, like, it's so weird, like... Yeah, like Al Gore. Exactly. It's like, why didn't fucking why didn't we nominate Al Gore? Like he could be up there. He could debate Trump better than fucking Joe Biden. Yeah, like, that's true. What the hell? Uh, I don't know, man. It, yeah, it just feels like Joe Biden. Dude, they're already also saying like Saturday Out Loud, which I'm not going to watch. I'm sorry. Oh, God, it just looks it's sucks so, so bad. bad. I I did I did accidentally see a clip that someone oh god a oh no video yeah of of Jim Carrey doing Joe Biden. And also of what is it? Maya, Maya Rudolph, Rudolph doing Kamala Harris. How do you make how do you make Joe Biden and Kamala Harris two of the funniest people right now in politics? How do you make them so fucking boring in your comedy impression of them? Yeah. But they're already saying in, in, the, in these clips of SNL or whatever, they're saying that like Kamala Harris is going to be the real president and Joe Biden will be the figurehead or whatever. Yeah. And it's that's a weird thing because she dropped out of the race before a single goddamn vote was cast. That's how unpopular she was. Is that no one even voted for her because the polls were so bad for her? Yep. So they're going to try and force her into being the president over all of us against against the explicit wishes of the electorate. Like, the fuck are you talking about right now? And they're they're just and they're saying it out loud. Yeah, it's it's really strange, and it makes me wonder if, like, once again, she was not popular when she dropped out, but I do wonder if mechanations were in place when she like when she was dropping out to like maybe it was like whoever drops out first is kind of kind of be in the seat and so then like some people like well, maybe right now we can be talking about joe biden and pete buttchug but you know buttchug stayed in too long or whatever like i wonder if there was something going in that direction that like she got wind of and was like oh, let me just try and jump on this train real quick no nah, man i guarantee you that the decision to put her on, on the ticket was made in the moment, it was like a fucking last minute thing because yeah. she's the one that knifed Biden so bad at the debate. She got the one good solid hit on him. Yeah, that, that's that's true. It, it's really weird. I don't know. The, and now she's his fucking running mate, and will probably be the actual president when he's when he's in office. And they're just saying that it's just it's just bizarre. Yeah. And once again, it just shows that there's no direction, there's no leadership in the Democratic Party. They're literally just trying to win. And I'm like, that's good, but what are you trying? Like, what are you going to get when you win? It, it doesn't yeah. seem like you're really going to be doing much. Everybody wants that that, that third Obama term. Maybe got to bring Obama back somehow. Get him for a third term. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, at that point, just make up a fake person put a, and put like a, a wig and a mustache on Obama and just have him run. Yeah, like, if, you really, if that's really what you're going for, just do that. I mean, at this point, why the fuck not? Yeah. yeah. If that's how far we've devolved. Because you know folks would go for it. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, the the entire time that Joe Biden has been the front runner, which popularly he never really was, 
Um, and I'm going to take that one up. That is the, the cross I'm going to bear for the rest of my life. The hill I will die on is that he was never the popular candidate, but him being in the front running just proves that the Democratic Party has no idea what they're doing, and they are trying to get people to be like, oh yeah, Obama, I remember that, and vote. That's all they're trying yeah. to get. They don't care about, about making any substantial progress or helping anybody. No. It's just, and even when they get power, they're not going to use it. No. They're going to sit on it. Like no. they did before with Obama. They're not going to use the power. Exactly. They have this they have this weird idea that they can somehow store up all this power and it's going to come in handy at some point. And I'm like, no, you have to use it. You have to push or you lose. But once again, I still don't even know what the Democrats want to push with all this power. They don't seem to want, like, they don't really seem to want to change anything. Like, things aren't really that bad for, for, Dem- for the Democratic Party right now. No, Joe um, Biden is explicitly a reactionary candidate. Let's go back. Yes. Go back to Obama stuff, and we'll just do that again. Did, did you like, didn't like the Obama stuff? And it's like, the Obama stuff is what got us Trump. Like, it's a direct result of his of his inaction and ability to solve our problems. We have yeah. Trump. So what are you going to fix, really, if you, if you go back to it? Yeah. And also, it's a, a campaign of fear, because they don't want Bernie in there, because they didn't want any kind of left-wing voice at all. Even though if you look at Bernie's policies, all he would have really done is save capitalism for a few more years. Like, yeah. he's not going to smash the state and then bring in goddamn, you know, anarcho-communism. Like, and, that's how they, and that's how they, like, talk about it. They're like, oh, no, Bernie Sanders is going to destroy America because he's going to turn us into a communist state within an hour. And I'm like, yeah. you have no idea how, like, ineffectual it can all be in the end. Like, Oh, yeah. Every day I'm on Twitter and I see Bernie Sanders out there simping for Biden and just like running his ass across this goddamn country trying to get Joe Biden elected. And when Joe Biden loses, they're going to blame Bernie again. Yeah. He can't pay for Hillary. They blamed him for that. It's true. It's one, it's one of those weird scenarios where Bernie Sanders is, as far as campaigning goes, the best in the business in the Democratic Party. I really think he... He ha- he do- he is what a lot of people want. They do people do want progress, and he's good at saying that. He's not he's not shying away from it. So when he doesn't get the nomination and he fucking um, campaigns for somebody else, he does it better than they do. I'll say yeah. to this day, he campaigned for Hillary better than Hillary ever did. Oh yeah, and, for sure. And that's the problem. That's kind of where me and you kind of fracture off. Is where I'm like, I understand what Bernie Sanders has to do. He does like. He is at the at, at the end of the day, no matter what, he's a team player. And he's gonna do what he thinks is best for the team he has put himself on. I don't think he needs to be on this team, but he's on it and he's gonna do what he can. And that is a an admirable effort, but I don't think I mean, once again, I am with you that it's not the smartest thing, but that's who he is, that's who we've kinda who we've kinda gotten behind, and I, I do understand his position. But the thing is, he's not on the team. He's an independent, not a Democrat. Always been an independent. Yeah, with quote. I and, mean, people call him a Democrat. Like, right, because he, he, he caucuses with them, yeah. and he you know, runs in their elections. But he's not a Democrat. And they'll say that to you when you, when you bring up Ray Sanders, he's not a Democrat. So they acknowledge it, and but yeah. they'll use him for what they can well, get. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Hate him he's just a can't. pawn for them. Like, they, can, they can trash him when they want and then prop him up when they want, but only when he's pushing their agenda. Like, What, what Bernie should have done is... When he lost the election, quote unquote, he should have uh, gone on TV and said that the election was stolen from him, and that Joe Biden is not the true uh, candidate, and that the elites moved to you know stop to blunt his campaign, 
and split the goddamn Democratic Party and destroy it, put a goddamn bullet in its head, it's over. They're doing like the goddamn modern day Whigs. And then we all and point we our swords up and we say, King of the North! King of the North! We need a true labor party in this country for the workers. Because yep. Democrats claim to be that, but they are not that at all. And the longer we let them continue to like to like pretend that they're helping out unions and labor, the longer they'll just keep going down this road of nothing. And Bernie Sanders had a moment where he could have struck and split this fucking party in two, and we could have eventually overtaken the liberals, but no, he didn't do that, so here we are. So what have we done to make the proletariat, the working class, hate the working class? How have we done that? Because uh, That's a, good question. a very interesting thing, like, there's been a lot of talk about the Proud Boys this week. Um, they, you know, the whole Trump saying, stand back, stand by thing, which, fucking, I mean... People say it's like the dumbest move in politics, and I'm like, yeah, but it worked. I mean, I'm gonna give you, by the way, he didn't know what he was saying. Yeah, he yeah, he, he had no idea. Um, it's just a random shit. But we talked about a lot about the Proud Boys, and um, now it's turned into a thing where they've tried to co-opt it and make it so Proud Boys means you know gay men, which is pretty funny because the Proud Boys hate gay people, so it's pretty funny to just be like, oh, hey, you know, we're Proud Boys. Which, and when I first heard the word, yeah, the free, the, the name, that's what I thought it was. Kind of on them. Really, on Gavin McInnes, the stupidest person in the fucking world. Um, proud Boys, Pride, I mean, it's right there. Yeah. But, um, so they did the, this week's episode of um, All Gas, No Breaks, which is an incredible YouTube series about a guy who just goes around America and he just lets people talk these days. He doesn't even talk himself. He just, like, goes in and lets people talk and explain themselves, and it kind of shows you how fucked up everything is. And he did an episode this week on a Proud Boys rally that happened in Portland, and... It was it was really well made because it had a bunch of the Proud Boys explaining to him what the Proud Boys are, and they all had weirdly different answers. And then he talked to people who had been affected by the Proud Boys in a negative way. And one of them that struck me the most was a, a girl who said that she was from the, the IWW. And then she said that as soon as she said that she was from the IWW, all the Proud Boys just said fucking socialist and started berating her and kicked her out of the, the rally. She was there like to be a, like a journalist, like to, to, to report on it, kind of like um, Andrew from All Gas No Breaks was, and it was very funny to me because I'm like, you look at these proud boys and you know like what all of them do for a living. They're like working class. They're factory workers. They're fucking delivery drivers. That's like, you know, that's probably their bread and butter. They're you know they they work in mechanic shops. Like they're welders. They do all the stuff that is working class jobs. And they want to, and they they went and like verbally and almost physically abused someone who was like, oh, I want to fight for your rights. Like I want, I want us all to work together. And it's weird how we how capitalism has been able to do that to us, to where we see someone who is literally fighting for our rights and we beat them down for no reason. Yeah, we we used to have like, I guess for us civilly rural people, there was a much further left world in the 30s and the depression like when homes were foreclosed on and farms were foreclosed on and the bank came down to buy them at auctions or so the bank auctioned them off and, and people come to buy them farmers would show up with guns and stand in the auctions and threaten like hey we will fucking shoot you if you bid on this place yeah and buy it back for a penny or whatever and so it's so crazy to see how much that energy has just been further as it shoved to the right ever since because of propaganda and and because like the proud boys their interests aren't rooted in any kind of material class-based interest. It's all no. it's all about like racial animus and misogyny and stuff like that. And just like 
they have we we have taken our problems and we have forced them onto each other rather than the ruling class who really causes these yeah. issues. Um, it's marvelously effective propaganda. It is, and it's it's really strange. And I gotta tell you, so I didn't I knew what the Proud Boys were, um, but I didn't know much about their founder Gavin McInnes until this oh, this week. Because it started with me seeing, I saw like a really chilling video. It had like you know, like excerpts from I guess his podcast or some shit he does um, with like music behind it. It was very scary, and he was just he's like you know fucking if we if you find somebody who gets mad at you for wearing a Trump hat or something, you put your hand on their windpipe and you crush it. And I'm like, that sounds rough. And I saw the guy, and I'm like, this I, I could beat this man up. This man mm-hmm. is not a winner. By any stretch of the imagination, he somehow brainwashed with people into thinking it. And then I did a little more research and found out that one time live on his show, he put a butt plug up his butt to own the libs. Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, I don't know where his show is broadcast or whatever. I guess it's an internet show. But I didn't realize until I went to the photo gallery that they show everything you see yeah. in this man's ass. Yeah. And I'm like... That is your the fearless leader of this militia is this guy from Canada, by the way. Yeah, you gotta respect him a little bit for for putting the elbow in his butt. Come on, how are you supposed to do that on live camera? I've gotta I, I gotta be so confused as to why a bunch of Americans who vote for Trump are like, yeah, let's uh, this Canadian is the man I want to follow. And don't forget, he's the co-founder of Vice. Yeah, and he was their fashion editor. Yes, that was his thing, is fashion, men's fashion. Yeah, and I mean, I was blown away um, finding, actually seeing and experiencing this person and knowing that he's the guy. And then also, I found out that the reason that they're called the Proud Boys is because of a song from the musical version of Aladdin called, or like the stage musical called, like, Be Proud of Your Boy. And I'm like... I'm sorry, but you are not convincing me this isn't a gay thing. Right. Musical theater is not on your side here, sir. Yeah, I don't know what... I mean, hey, I... You know, all things are equal to me. But if if I am one of these fascist losers, I don't know if I think that staged musical theater is the most manly thing in the world. Right. At least people at the three percenters and, I don't know, even like Stormfront have like, you know... Those are actually things that make sense to be <laughs> name yourselves. You saying Stormfront from the boys? The website. Oh, okay. Got no, it. No, Stormfront's name comes from the website, actually. I think. Oh wow, that's funny. Um, but yeah, Gavin McInnes is just a shithead, and once again, I mean, I just don't know how the like some of these guys from the Proud Boys, you know, they're they're like fit guys who are fucking, mm-hmm. you know, they're jacked up on fucking diet pills and Mountain Dew all the time, so they're fucking ready to go. It's, I don't understand how they can just follow Gavin McInnes, who is a, a nothing man. Like, a little stream beam. Yeah, like, what, what does this guy do for you? I don't know. It's he's got, weird. He, he's got a mouth that, with his beard, looks like an old and busted vagina. Like, it's really bad up in there. Yeah. And it looks like a, like, a, like a lot lizard from the 60s. Like, it's rough. And once again, whether I think that the guy's tough or not, his messages are fucking horrible. He's a terrible guy. And this is once again put me down the path that Joe Rogan is the wor- is one of the worst pieces of shit in podcasting and in entertainment because he has several times had Gavin McInnes on the show and is quoted as saying that Gavin McInnes is mostly fun. 
Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, Joe? You have no fucking stance on anything. You're just as bad as the Republicans and the Democrats. You're not some cool outsider guy. You're just like everybody else. So fuck Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan experience. The number one podcast in the fucking world. Ben Shapiro hadn't overtaken him yet? No. On, on a lot of charts, Ben Shapiro is like barely top 20, actually. Uh, um, well, I'm going to say this for Joe Rogan. Is... You have to understand Joe Rogan's brain to understand the majority, not the majority, but a significant portion of American males who think just like Joe Rogan. Their brains are like sieves and just like very few ideas, like lots of passes through, but very few like remains there. And even then, not for long. Like Joe Rogan was supported Bernie Sanders. Like he 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 did. We talked about it on this podcast. And so, like, you can just see from that that he doesn't really have an ideology or any kind of, like, coherent framework of how to view the world. But that's how so many people actually are. Yeah, and the more popular this becomes, the more popular, like, the more popular his podcast and his fucking, all the shit he does becomes, the more we're going to have people who are like that. That just, you know, take information in, look at the parts they care about, and then just move on. Because I promise you, like, on... On his podcast is where Gavin McKinnon explained to him what the Proud Boys were. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying Joe Rogan supports the Proud Boys, but the fact that he heard all this and is still just like, yeah, I'm cool with, with Gavin, is like, you just take nothing from this. I mean, I've watched that clip, and Gavin McKinnon is sig- significantly I mean, undersells what they are. He does undersell it, but also, at this by, by today, he's got to, like, Joe Rogan's got to know what they're all about. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't seem like he even cares at all. So Yeah, he... I don't know. I, it, I talk it, about Joe Rogan more than anybody who hasn't listened to Joe Rogan in their life. But I gotta yeah. say, it it really, his success is really strange to me. Because I remember watching him as the Fear Factor guy growing up. And yeah. I was like, yeah, he's the Fear Factor guy. That's cool. I didn't realize that he was going to become, who would have called this? That he was going to become the guy that every guy in America wants to be for some reason. Was he the Fear Factor guy before or after his MMA commentate, commenting career? I, I, I believe it. I think it was before. Maybe it was during. Well, Maybe they're like simultaneous. It was during. So yeah, he just went from that to being like, because a lot of guys love MMA, you know, they get into that and they find Joe Rogan. And again, these are guys who just like, like most Americans, I think, have incoherent politics. But like Joe Rogan represents a significant portion of people who are just like, I'll take this and this and this and this. Yeah. And things. Everything else just passes through. Just like, I have no connective tissue to my beliefs. I just have very strange things. Like, like I have a belief like, uh, you know, bitches be crazy. But I also th- think things like, we should probably have useful health care, you know? Like, yeah. But I, I can't connect the two thoughts. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head about how um, a lot of Americans have indecisive politics. Because I've talked to a lot of people, um, and even briefly mentioning some of the things that I believe in, you know, about universal health care and about how, you know, workers and the, the means of production should be in the hands of the people. I don't say those exact words, but I talk about those things and how they would be enacted. Most people are kind of like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, I, I, I kind of like that. But um, but it's one of those things where a lot of people just don't think about it on their own. I mean, and once again, I'm not saying I'm some kind of political genius. There's probably uh, thousands of things I don't think about when it comes to politics. Like, I'm not saying that me or you are some kind of icons or that kind of thing. I'm just saying that, you know, I'm saying a lot, there's some things people don't think about, and there's things all of us don't think about every day that 
BBs are better if we just, you know, kind of form an opinion and let that opinion evolve over time. I think so, another thing people do is they think this one thing, like they learn very young, oh, I'm a conservative, you know, because of their parents or whatever. And they never think about why they shouldn't be conservative later on or like why, why they should even, if they even they should question it. And it's like, I think that's mm-hmm. something we do is we, we either don't form strong opinions or we make them too strong and don't let them breathe. Listeners, I want you to Seth may have said what he just said, but you can refer to me as a politics genius. <laughs> uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I know, I know all the politics, and mine are the best. Yeah, because I have selected them very carefully. Yeah. How many politics are there? There are exactly uh, four hundred and twenty and sixty-nine uh, politics. Wow! Hit the nail on the head. Fuck. That's right. <laughs> I thought I'd get you with that one. But uh, but no, it's it's yeah. I think people just sort of like have weird like if you can couch your your ideology in ways you don't say marxism or socialism people will agree with what you say generally like you're you're, if you just pose a simple question of like do you really think that you if you spend one third of your life at work say you got that you know we got the eight hours of sleep eight hours of work eight hours for yourself kind of thing right if one third of your life's been at work shouldn't you have a say in what happens at your job people will agree with that generally. They'll yeah. be like, well, yeah, of course. And so you can kind of like ease them into that, but you can't just come out and say off, you can't just say like Marxism sees means of production, you know, yeah. communism, or, or saying things like capitalists and bourgeoisie. I, I do that to freak out the people a little bit because it's good to get people out of their comfort zone. But I mean, at the same time, if you can just say it, like if you can couch it in ways that are more palatable and not so dogmatic, they will come around to accept it. I think people will see the rationality behind the idea. Yeah. I, once again, I've had, I mean, almost 100% success with most people at least explaining some of my beliefs and them being like, yeah, that's probably right. That's probably what we should be doing. But then a lot of people are also like, yeah, but that'll never happen. They're like, I agree with you, but that'll never happen. And I'm like, well, why won't it happen? And they're like, well, nobody vote for it. And I'm like, well, would you vote for it? And they're like, I think. And I'm like, okay, well, enough of us do that. Then we'll get something going. Although we can't vote anymore. It's got to be violent revolution in the streets. At one point, we could have voted for it, but we didn't let that happen. I'm not sure if voting was ever an option. Maybe at one point, we could have gotten some better social programs and, and, and stuff like that out of voting. But if you want a true... Because here's the thing. like America was built to service the emerging capitalist class. All of our laws are bent towards helping them get what they want. And it was never going to be good for us. Yeah. You know, like, hell, we had slavery and shit. And we had to fight a goddamn civil war to get rid of it. And civil rights, even shit. Look what it took to get that done. You know, yeah. it's it's never going to be a, a, a civil rights was not voted into fucking power. Like we had to, people had to fight in the streets for that shit. Like they don't want to tell you about it. They want to pretend it didn't happen, but it did. Like people died for that shit. Yeah, hell, the eight hour workday. How many people got killed by fucking Pinkertons and shit for that? I mean, it happened. How many child laborers died in a fucking unventilated fucking sparks factory for this shit to happen? You learn about you learn the one thing you learn the triangle shirtwaist factory fire. Yeah. That's the one thing you learn about, and nothing else from labor yeah. history. And You're like that happened. Uh, the school is like that happened, and then we knew we had to change. It's like <laughs> the school teaches you like an episode of The West Wing, honestly, about how politics works. That's the that is, and then The West Wing happened, and it brainwashed even more fucking people. It's the same fucking thing with MLK. They were like, there was racism, MLK came along and took care of it. And they, it's all in the past now. Part one, there's no more racism, and two, 
Um, he died early, but he the entire time he loved capitalism, and he knew we were on the right path with that. Don't worry about anything. Yeah. Don't if you read anything else about that. Don't it's 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 all made up. It's it's fan and, fiction. And, and Malcolm X was a violent uh, uh, criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read about yeah. Malcolm X was, was a bloodthirsty serial killer. Apparently, it's like yeah. people and people will believe that shit. And it's like because a lot of people like. I mean, once again, if it's if it's not your forte and it's not something you care about, you'll learn something and you'll be like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just I'll remember that forever. And then, you know, who cares if you if you have to learn about it anymore? And it's like, and I'm worried about fucking kids these days, like, because after all this, all the stuff you talk about, where like, you know, textbooks are getting changed and we're telling we're telling history differently. I do wonder what kids are growing up today really think. Like, what do they know about slavery? What do they know about Holocaust? What do they know about? labor unions and about mlk like what what are they actually going to know coming out of school about all those things what what's going to be the breadth of their knowledge and are they really going to be able to use those past experiences to shape their opinions going forward i don't know yeah it's going to be i i'm hoping that because more and more kids grow up with access to the internet and they are able to look up information that they will see more stuff but even that is so like wikipedia has a very strong you know anti left you know bias like it does like liberals uh, and think the facts always support them it's like that john stewart quote or whatever or was it no it was uh stephen colbert facts have a liberal bias or something like that and it worries me that that, that this information gets suppressed they're not going to find it yeah um social media i think is both a curse and uh and helpful in that in that route like i saw the other day dude, this is so funny I saw a tweet from just some random Trump supporter. It said, uh, Keanu Reeves says Trump is, in his opinion, uh, the model for successful Americans and a good man. And it were so many people who were like, yeah, the, he didn't say that. And the person was like, no, he did. He did say it. And they're like, well, where's the source? Is there a video? And they were like, no, but he did say it. And then just like, cool. they said, okay, well, here's, here's the Snopes page where it says that he didn't say it. And they're like, oh, Snopes is funded by Soros. So you can't trust them. And people will just argue themselves into a position they ha- that there's no logic behind it. Yeah. And they can't lose. I don't, I, right, yeah. And it's like, Keon, like, do you think that Keanu Reeves would... Like, really, think about it for a second with your fucking brain. Like, would he ever... He's never mentioned politics ever before in his life. Why would he start now, you know? Well, I mean, he did go to the, the Black Lives Matter rallies and the I mean, anti-police yeah. rallies and stuff, so... But he's never, like made any statements out loud yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not words about it he's not he's not a very public person at all so yeah. i mean even if he did like trump i don't think we would know it's just such a weird thing he's canadian as well like what what do you think is going to happen here like it's such yeah. a strange every once in a while thing. i find somebody cool from canada and i'm like fuck we lost another one that's his name is literally johnny utah in point break yeah. and he's from canada yeah so I did want to talk to you, Seth, real quick about something we were discussing earlier. Hit me. And it's probably the most anticipated uh, game coming out this year, which is Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And despite promising that they would have no crunch a year ago, they are currently crunching. Fucking idiots. Like, yeah. first of all, crunch is awful or whatever. Why would you promise that? You are a studio known for your crunch. You are a studio that's trying to put out one of those anticipated games of all time, but at, at that point hadn't even been delayed three times, which now it has been. And you go out on a limb and make a promise that you won't crunch. First of all, bonehead fucking move. Like, I'm not, I don't like public relations, I'm not in it, but I understand that's a terrible public relations move. No, don't do that. Yeah. And second of all, 
Um, I mean, I can't say I didn't see it coming. Um, because once again, they pushed this game three times, and now they're releasing it during the pandemic. And, yeah, it sucks. And the fact that people don't think it sucks, sucks. Mm-hmm. There are so many bootlickers out there. It's crazy. Well, they announced that they're, uh, I guess this, we, it's undecided about if this is a new thing or an ongoing thing. They're like, we're going to share 10% of the profits with all the developers. And people are like, oh my God, look how generous they are. Imagine the huge bonus that they're going to get from this. And I'm like, first of all, y'all don't understand how Hollywood accounting works. Like, how many movies lose money but still earn money? Like, you don't know how this this, this financial stuff works. Like, I'd be curious. I would like to know what actually ends up happening with that. Yeah. If CDPR goes public and shows, like, this is how much we're giving our workers, I'll give them some credit. If the, if the number is right, which it still won't be because 10% is insulting to people that you just made work six days a week when they were, they were promised they wouldn't. Um, but if they don't do that, then I don't, I don't know what to say because what can it be? We will never know what that bonus was unless someone goes public with it. And on top of that, like you said, 10% is an insult. Yeah. Like, the thing wouldn't exist if they didn't do the work. Yeah. And the fact that 10% is actually astounding is also an insult. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Leaps ahead of what yeah. American companies would do, of course. But even that should make the guys who aren't getting ten percent here in America think, "Well, fuck me! Like I'm getting even more fucked than they are." Yeah, did you ever happen to the Borderlands developers? I did not. After either. After Borderlands Two, they um they all got a percentage, like a bonus, based on how much the game sold. And Borderlands Two sold fucking well. Like it was a very, very, very best-selling game. And, I want it twice at launch. And there were several employees who claimed, they, they even said, they said, I paid for my house off the, the bonus I got from this game because it was like actually substantial. And then when they released Borderlands 3, they, Randy Pitchford made it into the into the contract so they will not get a percentage of, of the game sales because he didn't want a repeat of all the money they just gave away to their developers. Yeah, the guys who made the thing made you the money. Yeah. So Again... It would not exist if they hadn't have done the fucking work. Exactly. So, and of course, we can go 10%? back and forth and say, "Oh, well, yeah, but the other money goes to the stakeholders who actually paid for all this the whole time." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? We don't. We shouldn't have to live in that kind of society where you need all these." What people. did the stakeholders do except give the money for the thing? Like they didn't do any work, right? They don't have any. They didn't contribute to the labor of the creation of the project. So let's just assume that in a world where the developers didn't exist, right? And they just had this money, and it's just sitting there in the bank, right, for them. They're turning this money that they've invested into the gaming project into more money by the labor of the developers. They didn't do anything to earn that extra return yeah. they're getting on that cash. They gave, let's say, just as they gave a dollar, they're getting ten back. But they didn't do anything to, to change that. Yeah. Somebody else did it. So why should you be entitled to get all of the return back, basically? Uh, let's say, oh, you, you give them 10%, you know, good old 10%, when they're the ones who turned your investment into the thing that made you the money. It makes no sense. Yeah, and that's one of the, it's one of the I mean, overarching problems with capitalism. And CD Projekt Red is a company that its very foundation is built on the fact that they hate socialism. I'm not sure if you know this. But I watched a documentary about the studio from Noclip on YouTube. And they, and once again, I am not going to claim to understand how socialism worked in Poland. It's Poland, right? Yeah. Um, 
But in the, the very fucking, like, almost the first line of the documentary is that Polish socialism left everyone impoverished and it made everyone unhappy in Poland. So when they were able to get themselves out of it, CD Projekt Red is a company that was built off the ashes of all that. And I'm like, and they and there's several times in the documentary where the lead developers, the owners of the company, are like, "Yeah, socialism was awful. We it just it stifled everything here, and you couldn't do anything under it." And once again, I'm not saying Poland is socialism perfectly, but all I'm saying is that they have a very anti-socialism bias at CD Projekt Red. So none of this stuff is surprising to me. The crunch, the low share of um, profits, um, and their opinion on socialism is. Uh, for a company making a game called Cyberpunk 2077 that is based off Cyberpunk, the tabletop game, uh, is worrying. It makes it's like really. It's like, do you have any self awareness? Like you watch all these trailers for the game, and it's like, yeah, the fucking corporations have taken over the fucking world, and you're a cool badass, or you can actually play as one of them as well. But you were like, you gotta fucking navigate the world as it has become. There's people on the fucking outskirts who live under a tin roof who have their teeth are all fucking rats now but guess what that's their fault for not licking the boot enough and you know and i'm like the society that is being created in this game which obviously it might be a cool game but it's not an ideal society is the one you're going to create if you let capitalism go too far that's what cyberpunk is cyberpunk is capitalism that has lost all fucking all of its mind and has just gone way too far yeah, it's cyberpunk was always about from the start. Like you are outsiders who are who are maybe not always fighting back against the system explicitly, but trying to survive in a hellish situation in this this awful system that's been built. And it's been about the punk aspect. Like people forget it's punk. It's resisting what is in power. And so you can't build. Like I don't understand how their opinion. I guess sure whatever. Poland and socialism have a very long and complicated history. I get that. Sure. But the, the situation is you're, you're making a game which is based in a genre which, at its root, is about criticizing capitalism. How can you sit there and not at least, you know, acknowledge that capitalism is causing this hell world that you're creating? Yeah. Because I've seen the gameplay previews and shit. These corporate fucks are always fucking you over trying to kill you, and it's a dog-eat-dog world out here. Is that what you want? You think that's good? I don't get it. It's like, what's the what's the... Mindset. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, and it's also very strange that one of the most promoted and hyped and probably going to be most com- commercially successful games of all time is kind of about why all this sucks. It's kind of about why marketing and capital and, you know, corporations in general are trash. It's so it, it's it's something I take a step back all the time, and I realize at the end of the day I'm like, this is weird, but also I'm going to be buying the game when it comes out. Like I'm not, I can't kid myself and say I'm not going to be buying it and I'm not going to be playing it, you know, a lot when it comes out. So it's it's all so weird to me, and I don't know. I guess the I guess you you at the end of the day you can say, oh, they got a crunch because they've already delayed two times, and I'm like, I mean, delay again. I don't care. I want to play this game when it's ready, and I don't want people to be hurt in the process. Um, but I have to reconcile all that with I'm still going to be buying the game. Like, mm. it's just weird. I don't. I don't know how to how to reconcile all that. 
look, man, you could just keep delaying the game. I'm okay with that. I don't need to play it yeah. tomorrow or today. Whatever. They just like, delayed Dune till next fucking year. I can't. I can't talk about it. So it hurt too much. Which, two things. We gotta talk about Dune. Two things. One, I want to see this movie in a theater, and I want to see it when it's safe. Three, actually three things. That's my first thing. And okay. I, I do want to see this movie in a theater, and I want it to be safe. Second thing is, may as well not delay it, because theaters aren't looking too good. <laughs> Regal is basically like, yeah, we're not going to be doing movies anymore. We're kind of just shutting all that shit down. And I'm sure AMC is going to fall next. Um, so then we might not even be seeing movies in theaters in a year, but hopeful outlook, I guess. There might not be theaters in a year. Yeah. And third thing, a little bit of a blessing in disguise, because now Warner Brothers has given us more time to make Dudes Talking Dune. That's true. They're like, maybe we can pump some real content out of this. I'm thinking myself, here's what we need to do for Dudes Talking Dune. Let's do it. You need to do what I'm going to do. Which is read every single one of Frank Herbert's Dune books. I have all of them. I'll read, I read the first and one. And nothing after. Okay. But all of Frank Herbert's Dune books, and we'll talk about them on the podcast. I can, we'll sort of a side podcast. I can do that. I, I, I love Dune, and I love I love my, my boy Frankie Herbs. He, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, so I thought on Dune, by the way, the movie is put it on VOD. I want to see it as soon as possible. Fuck you. I, I want to see it as soon as possible. But I also want to see it in the theater. You know, I don't know. I'm just that guy. I, I do want to see it. And the fact that, thing for me is like, what, put it on VOD because it's done. You know? Yeah. Like, if there, if you guys still had like some reshoots to do and like, you know, COVID's like shutting down all like shoots right now, I'd be mean, like, okay, you got to shelf it. You can't film it. But the movie is, as far as I know, cut and done. Like, mm-hmm. just give it to me. But I discussed this with a, with a friend and I wanted to see how you feel about it. I'm like, Let's use this year effectively. I just want to put out this real quick. That by this time next year, theaters are going to be vermin-infested wastelands ruled by rat kings, like a goddamn Fallout it's environment. True. So just like, don't 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 count on this. But here's what we do. Let's say let's say next year, smooth sailing. Theaters are back, bustling. We're watching all the movies. And COVID's gone. Aliens exactly. took it away. Don't it's worry. Great. We spend this year working hard. To get people hard for Dune. One, uh, first of all, if you've read Dune and you're excited for the movie, you tell all your friends to read the book. And you, I mean, when I say tell your friends, I kind of mean like physically force them if you have to. Uh, make them read the book. It's a great mm-hmm. book. And then also, what I want to do is I want to start normalizing the vocabulary of the book in popular culture so that people will not feel so weird. My first idea is... The Gomjabar Burger at McDonald's. That's my first idea. You're honest. Is here. you make a burger. The burger can be what it can just be a regular like quarter pounder, and you just put bacon on it. It doesn't matter. That's what the Travis Scott burger is. What you do is you make it that, but you call it the Gomjabar Burger, and people are like, "Oh, Gomjabar." They say it enough in their regular day. Like, oh, I'm gonna get a Gomjabar Burger. Make it cheap. Make it like two dollars. People really want to get it. Mm-hmm. Get a bunch of those. Next, the next month, you do the Muad'Dib chicken dippers. Boom. Okay, all right. And then, then because, like, like Gom Jabbar is still kind of like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like we said Jabbar. Gom is like gum. Mawadib, kind of a new word for us. Not a lot of things yeah. that, not a lot of things compared to that one. Chicken dippers, we understand. Fried chicken, you dip in sauce. So you get, you get that going. And then we got to get into, like, I don't know. I mean, the thing that I want the most, honestly. And I could, you, you could even, 
destroy the tape of the movie and I wouldn't care is if we get a full centerfold in Playboy of Baron Harkonnen. Now we're talking. And I mean, this thing, this thing is big. I want every nook and cranny of Baron Harkonnen on this page. Every pore, every dimple. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. What if, what if, uh... Somebody named with the last name Atreides all of a all of a sudden becomes a big TikTok star, Uh-oh. and then people are like, "Oh, that's a normal name now." We hear it in the trailers, and we're like, "Oh, I know that's the guy from TikTok." So we should we should uh, replace Ancestry.com with Benegesserit.com. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Wikipedia could be Mintat. You know, there we go. You could have. Or not even Wikipedia. It could be anything that, like, any... Because they also like, process algorithms. You know, you could I, have... I was going to say, dude, go, just make a cross-promotion with Mentos. The Mentos, the Mentat, the Mentos, Mentos the blue, like the spice. Yeah, exactly. We got to... And also, we got to start saying spice a lot. Yes. First of yes. all, we need to work with the FBI to get all drugs renamed to spice. Yes. All drugs. Every one of them. You will not know what drug you're talking about anymore. Spice, get them all colored blue. Get them all make make them make your eyes blue. Everything, boom. Yeah. We get that done. Um, and yeah, just I'm, that's what I'm saying. I just want to push this agenda as far. This is the thing I am like behind. Make can we do make cool? Can we, can we just make Quizak Hatterack like a like a like a catchphrase? Like Quizak Hatterack. Yeah. Like why couldn't that have been the instead of Bazinga on Big Bang Theory? Like why couldn't we have been Quizak Hatterack? We're right there, Seth. We're so close. Next big sitcom, Quizak Cataract is the fucking catchphrase. Yes, and then you, you know, there can be like a a, a, a character who has cataracts. It can be like, oh, my Quizak's cataracts over here are killing me. Yeah, I mean, laugh track. Exactly, a- laugh track. Also, the Dune movie should have a laugh track. I'm just saying, <laughs> it might make it more palatable for wide audiences. That was my audition for the laugh track. In case you don't, know. that was pretty good. Can I get, can I get one, one more take and get it clean? <laughs> oh my god, that, that sounds aggressive. I don't know yet. Let's <laughs> see, see if you get a call back. I had to um, keep trying at it. But yeah, that's all that's, that's all I wanted to say. Is we got to make Dune cool <laughs> to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just start talking about how your, your cool buddy Duncan Idaho, if anybody asks where he's from, you're like, where do you think he's from? Yeah. Like, like, like with Point Break, Johnny Utah, we're used to that. Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, what is what do here. they what do they think Idaho means in the Dune universe? Because Dune That's is a very good Dune is set how many years in the future? Uh, I think about five thousand years. Yeah. Ago. What what is Idaho to them? Is it just some esoteric random word? Probably a whole planet of Idaho at that point. Uh, right? It might be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like Idaho went there. I can see that. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking, Seth, that you're on to something here. What I'd like to do is to do a Illuminatus trilogy-style conspiracy where we start slipping the word Dune into every single newspaper article, magazine, uh, yeah. uh, editorial, whatever. Uh, every web page, just somewhere on that page is the word Dune. Yeah. And you see it, and I want your brain to see the word Dune and eventually just edit it out. But you're still seeing it, but you can't remember it. And then one day when the movie Dune comes out, you'll just go see it because you're like, oh, of course, this is a yeah, and also right? we can't just get the word Dune in. If we could somehow get a word that ends in like du and a word that starts with ne and put those on pages, or it could even end in like dun and have an e in the next mm-hmm. word. Like anything mm-hmm. to just get that subliminal like thought out there, people, is that Dune is here. 
Seth, we need to call upon the witches. Witch allies. Start putting Dune into the psychosphere. Please. Get it out there. Please. Let them know. Uh, George Soros, if you're listening. If you're listening. <laughs> put it on all of your, all, all the media that you control. Please, George Soros, do this for us. Yeah, come on, man. Take one for the team here. I'm going to start needing to see some uh, some blood sacrifice to various gods of all the major religions. Yeah, and if you know. do it to the ones of the religions in Dune, if you have to. Mm-hmm. Could we get some, like, uh, stochastic terrorism oh. where you say you're doing it for the Muad'Dib? And we didn't, you know? we didn't even get to the juiciest part. We gotta get these worms. <laughs> worms need to be very popular. You could say they need to be very big. People need to love worms. Very, very big worms. Small mm-hmm. worms will not do. Mm-mm. Night crawlers are the biggest worm we have. Start putting them everywhere. Yes. Make, document, make Netflix documentaries. Um, YouTube videos, make a, a viral meme about them, like whatever we can do to get people in seats or to buy this on bot. Start breeding the worms. Can you put steroids in a nightcrawler? Let's find out. If so, let's do it and then go take them out to the dunes of Jordan and let them roam around. <laughs> they got that shit that makes cows all jacked? Let's use it for worms. We can figure it out. Yeah, we'll do it. So that's my incredible plan to make Dune mm-hmm. popular. We should make everyone just somehow, like, while we're on the dune tip, we need to get them watching Beetlejuice for that one scene where they see the sandworms on Mars. Exactly. It's happening right now. Tremors. Let's do Tremors. Get them in that mindset as well. That's true. But only the first Tremors. Yeah. (laughs) How many many Tremors actually are good? Just the one? Or is the second one okay? I like the second one still. I I think it's pretty good. When you get a Tremor, it's like 10. It's a problem. Like, this shouldn't happen. There was a TV show trip. with yeah, terrible VFX. Some oh, of the yeah. worst. Which I mean, I can't blame them. It's TV in the fucking like late nineties. Like it does look bad. No, that was definitely late two thousands. I mean, either and it was on. A, I mean, it had no budget. Yeah, you're not gonna make Tremors look good on. Yeah, that it's like the Dune like miniseries, yeah. which we need to remaster. Put it on so Netflix. Yeah, that's, that's that's a couple episodes of dudes talking Dune right there. That's watching true. That shit. Yeah, let me write this down. So much content. I will here. say, it, 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 the, the second series does go into the, the sequel books where it gets wild as fuck. There's a second series? It has, yeah, it has James McAvoy in it. Really? As who? People, Leto 2. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there, there's more. There's more Dune series, and it's got James McAvoy. And, I mean, if I talk about asses in seats, I talk about <laughs> James McAvoy. Raise your hand so, if you haven't seen Wanted. <laughs> Come on. Everybody saw that movie. Yeah. It was crazy. It was everywhere. Seth, great idea. We go we go into Wanted, right? We re-edit the end of that movie so that when he hits the guy with the keyboard, it doesn't spell out fuck you, it spells out Dune. Dune. Worm. Dune worm. Worm, worm. yes. Yeah. Now we're talking wrong something, Seth. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there, I think. Can we get a beer? Maybe for Gertie Halleck. This could work. Yeah, get a, like a Dune Pilsner. Or, oh, better yet, actually, the, the thing right now is seltzers. What if we get, like, a like a melange seltzer? Ooh. Yeah. Damn, dude, we're fucking killing this right now. Fuck. I mean, Jason Momoa is already in the movie. Just start putting his face everywhere. Yeah, exactly. We, we got this already, right? He's already popular as hell. He's a meme machine. Come on. Right. This should be simple shit, people. Come on. Let's get yeah. Dune big. Let's get it big. I need, I need get it as big memes. as the worms. I That's want Dune to be huge. Exactly. Now we're talking, Seth. We need to do this. 
We got this. This is our personal project. Yes. Fuck, fuck politics. Fuck socialism. Yeah, fuck this stupid podcast. We're doing Dune now. It's all Dune, baby, from here on out. Well, Seth, it's been an hour. It's been an podcast. hour. We, we've gotten a little loopy on Dune, as we always do. We did. Remember when I said I was just going to say two things? Yeah, and we went on for <laughs> 15 minutes about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Anyways... This has been the Illennials podcast, soon to be Tuesday Talking Dune. Uh, I'm a Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MC Surf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Letterboxd at Knazeras, K Y N A Z E R A S, and Twitter. Anything you review, sir? Back to the Future. Nice. Guess what? It's amazing. <laughs> Five stars. Oh. Wait, I thought everyone thought movie shit. No, dude. That movie—it's uh, a hidden gem these days. It's, it's a, so you're going, you're going against the grain of everyone's yeah, popular opinion five for stars, thirty years. Perfect movie. Okay, all right. Uh, well, our art is done by Marcus Barkley. You can find him on Instagram at Mister Dot Beaches. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. Yeah, I'm gonna get that again. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before, especially our movie reviews. He has an own podcast called Southern's Matt now, where they talk about wrestling in the Brooklyn South. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Um, fuck. The uh, Gavin McInnes with the butt plug he already used. Uh, we have stopped trying to solve our problems and are just trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's been the Illuminous Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. <laughs>